David's in the corner getting his Here's David. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, what's up? We're no, here to... No, money, money in the morning with Dan, David, and, and Gabe. Gabe, El Muchacho. Have to have, like, maybe, like, a weird, weirdly racist name for Gabe. If you're yeah, yeah. That, so, yeah. That, that, that genre. Um, love being othered. Love being othered on the podcast. Can't, can't get enough. Uh, I, I thank God I just took a uh, a DNA test to figure out exactly how how much you guys should other me. You know, oh, yeah. oh. using our our modern day uh, uh, blood phrenology that we've got going on now. Everyone, mm-hmm. everyone I know taking the tests, telling me that they're. Well, I thought I was fifty uh, percent Scotch Irish, but I'm actually forty-two percent Scotch Irish. And did you know that I've got a drop of Egyptian? I don't know where that came from. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my okay. god! Okay, wow. Yeah. Descended from a pharaoh, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. That's Becky. where I came from. <laughs> the milkman yeah, yeah. was actually Morsi in hiding. <laughs> Actually, uh, I I descended from one of the craftsmen who made the pyramid. You know, it wasn't made by slaves. It was made by craftsmen. Oh, so you're Jewish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. History's history's most famous construction workers. The Jews. I'm a, <laughs> you know, the Jews. So- solid pyramid work. I love it. I imagine. I imagine them scaffolding the pyramids and catcalling like young Cleopatras. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, hey. <laughs> Look at that one over there. Look at that that sweetheart with the nice uh, uh, smoky uh, eyeliner. <laughs> I'm building a cat over here. <laughs> Hey, look at the look at the took us on that punum. Am I right? Am I right, fellas? All right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> boom boom. For those following oh. along, I just said, "Hey, everyone, look at the ass on that face." Um. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, very fun. Uh, um, yeah, that's I have great. to say. Full full disclosure, I did do twenty three and B in two thousand seventeen. What? So I, I apologize. Have you alerted <laughs> your entire extended family to this uh, fact? N- that- n- no, my mom loves. I don't know about your guys's moms, but my mom fucking loves ancestry and lineage, and is obsessed with the fact of finding out where every one of her like great grandmothers like came over from Italy specifically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She loves. Oh wow! It. So she's yeah. like, when she's like a character from The Sopranos, being like, "Oh, we're we're from the same town." Mm-hmm. Avelino. Yeah. Avelino. <laughs> <laughs> she's obsessed with. She's obsessed with it. She loves being like, "Did you know that we're from Bali? It's a port. It's a port city in Italy. It's it's so oh, there's lots of West African ba- in there as well." Bali. <laughs> you're from. Uh, you're from Bali. No. It's Bali. It that Bali, Italy. Uh, it's like a port oh, city. Okay. It, oh, oh, where are you from? Uh, Kuala Lumpur, Italy. Like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 not that one, not that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, uh, that that's cool, man. Yeah, my my dad did a twenty three and me. Um, and he it turns out we're like one percent, or he's like one percent Persian of some of some variety oh okay yeah. all right the rest I, i'm actually kind of a weird white um because i am st- just ashkenazi jewish and almost entirely 
just Dermot. enough. Okay. Just enough. I'm just one. Like, there's not very many whites that are just one thing. Everyone is always like, oh, I'm a little bit, you know, like, I'm a little bit. Everyone's a mutt. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, you know it. You know it, man. You know I'm white as hell. Uh, I'm I'm fifty percent. I'm looking at it literally right now. I'm fifty percent Northwestern European, twenty eight percent Southern European, eleven uh, percent Eastern European. The, the 20- I'm all. You're just all of I'm Europe, all of it. Bro. You're just all of Europe. The only part you're missing is like Portugal and Finland. Oh man, dude! One of the places in Ireland is Mayo, so I'm literally a Mayo ass. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Uh, oh man! Uh, so yeah, but your so your ass is from Mayo, but your hair is from Italy. That's for sure. Uh, yes, absolutely. But so, uh, f- fun segue. This has all been, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Gabe. You're Greek and Mexican, right? That's right. I'm a I'm a white a white passing, uh, Mexican, Hell Greek yeah, boy. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Nice. Uh, no, no Scotch Irish in, no. <laughs> in, no. in the in the in the twenty three and Me. I don't. But none of this none of this matters in the context of the United States of America, where we live under a system of white supremacy mm. that doesn't really care about your mm. our, your tribal backgrounds. What part of the, <laughs> part of the Great American Project has been to homogenize all immigrant communities and assimilate them into our caste system. Oh yeah, which uh, is uh, a pretty binary. I'm- <laughs> so I'm change, that's, why I'm tra- that's why i'm changing my comedy name to dave brad uh so anyways uh all that's to say we should not be s- disclosing this publicly because uh it's probably gonna get this podcast is probably gonna get bought by blackstone uh yeah if, if, we, if we if we share it blackstone a private equity firm uh is acquired the largest private equity firm in the world is acquiring ancestry.com for four point seven billion dollars. <laughs> nice. Four point seven billion dollars. So they just so everyone basically gave Ancestry.com their their uh, DNA fingerprints. Yes. They're yeah. Like here here's who we are. This is all of our history and our 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 bloodlines. And right. then and now Blackstone's like joink, and yeah. has acquired all of that. Joink. <laughs> and there's and there's like a real. Like there are things that you can and can't do with private medical information, um, in, like with HIPAA, right? But I'm not yeah. sure whether that applies to gen- like ancestry, nation of origin stuff. And if it doesn't, then Blackstone, this big private equity firm, could just data like just sell everyone's uh, ancestry information, ancestral information for money. I uh, just have like another thing that they could do. Like they acquire a company. I I, I don't know. There's a lot of fun creative uh, ways that a a company like Blackstone, which is like to remind you like what a private equity firm does, right? Um, a private equity firm is a group of private investors that buy a company or buy a very large stake in a company, usually the major- mm-hmm. majority, um, like what they did at my former. Uh, news outlet and what they also did with Reuters who reported on the story that we're looking at today Reuters is actually owned by Blackstone fun fact oh god yeah <laughs> um, I already know what I already know what they're gonna do with this stuff I'm, I'm scrolling through my profile and they're saying like 
I went through the Northwestern European thing, and it says, uh, "Explore your ancestry through Airbnb." I I know what they're gonna do. <laughs> they're gonna they're yeah. gonna sell stuff to me. Yeah. Racially discriminate yeah. on housing. <laughs> yeah, they're really they're literally. Oh, I could I could stay in an old world converted stable yard with a swimming pool. We've uh, we've redlined all the places you can stay in Mayo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mayo ass. So, um, so a private equity firm will buy a company uh, that is struggling uh, in theory in some way or just isn't reaping enough profits for the shareholders that they would like. And it buys it so the shareholders make a bunch of money from the purchase. And then they collect huge fees, usually like uh, 2%, I believe, uh, management, 2 to 4% management fees and... 20% performance fees. So of all improved performance, they take 20% off of that and the 2 to 4%. Um, and usually private equity's strategy to increase performance is to automate jobs and do layoffs and basically pump money into the business where uh, it's doing well and basically cut off the stuff that's not doing as well. And then just as they've made all that money and restructured uh, and gotten higher performance for maybe one quarter, they'll sell it off again at uh, a much higher amount and, again, making a lot of money for the shareholders. Um, meaning, leaving the company oftentimes in shambles before the yeah. new owner has any idea of what is going on. Uh, and, and it's like, it's like it, all these people are like very Pete buttigieg -y. Like private equity firms are like consultant class, basically. But instead of just being outside consultants, they if it's if a consultant bought the company and did their little McKinsey bread price fixing uh, magic uh, on the on the company and then they sell it again for like an outstanding profit um, so Blackstone is taking that business model and that business model now owns your DNA yeah it, <laughs> it, it has it has your it, it's super cool that like like all private equity, like the only thing they've done is just got incredibly efficient at selling things that people don't want or like off offsetting things that like people you usually can't sell. Like if you have like a building or you buy a company and they're just sort of like, all right, uh, you guys were selling all the good stuff off of this. Also, we're selling the chairs. So find a fucking buyer for the chairs. Right. right. <laughs> they're like, but we don't we're not even going to make a mo money if we if you sell the sell the chairs. And then like the next company is just sort of like. Oh, uh, wait. Why is there? Why has this place been pilfered? Like a fucking like, you know, a building in like nineteen seventies, you know, um, fucking Bronx where like the it's like it's on fire. Why? Why? What happened here? <laughs> it's a it's a looting, baby. It's a little bit of a looting. It is a looting. That's a very good word for it. So what they could do is just thinking off the top of my head is replace all the chairs at Payless Shoe Source because. A uh, private equity firm bought Payless Shoe Source and then ran it out of business. Uh, they could replace all, like, based off of your ethnic heritage, just try and, like, maximize what shoes they think you'd be interested in. So based off the fact that Danny is has the largest percentage of his DNA as Northwestern European, they're just going to offer you Keds every time you mm -hmm. go in. They're going to look at you... They're going to say anyone who's used Ancestry.com gets a 10% discount at Payless Shoe Source, and you're going to go in, and they're going to instantly see your profile show up on their tablets, and then they're going to be like, we're going to give you Keds, and 
maybe some uh, Reeboks, but not 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 cool Reeboks. Just some. They say I have. They say I have. They they say I have two variants associated with being less likely to have a fear of heights because of my two percent Neanderthal DNA. David, what are they trying to tell? <laughs> what are they trying to tell? They say I should eat less leafy greens. What is this? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, Greek, you know, Greek shoes. You you probably your Greek DNA is going to lead to a predilection for shoes with those with these poofy balls on the front of the toe. <laughs> yeah. Do you want yeah. shoes with a clown nose on the front? I I would. I I need those, especially if I'm in the traditional military garb. They're just like they're yeah. just like, like oh, a half Greek walked in. Uh, bring out the track suits. Just grad. <laughs> I love how we're all just like this. I mean, the the end the end of the road here is just like oh my god. Oh, oh that's what you mean. Oh, that's what oh. you mean. <laughs> Yeah, don't oh, worry. Game. We'll we'll put this in the show notes. But uh, yeah. Papa <laughs> likes some some poofy balls on the front of my my shoes yeah. when I'm goose stepping <laughs> around the Parthenon. Dude, I love I love how I love how Blackstone is just gonna be tiptoeing into like like what we said like this like quasi phrenology and just being like, hey, come over here, you you, and then saying some outdated slur, <laughs> you know, like like for Italians or whatever. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. they're just gonna. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Danny. No, and they're just going to be like, oh, thank you for recognizing me. <laughs> they're going to apply like all this phrenology and eugenics to every single company that Blackstone owns, which is um, there's a lot of companies that Blackstone owns. It's exciting. It's exciting to think about like, okay, so if um, a Jew walks into Payless Shoe Source, they're just going to, okay, I mean, the easy joke is they're going to offer them the cheapest shoe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's not really much of a thing, I guess. Uh, what what kind of shoes do Jews like, guys? In your experiences, um, the those ones that the Orthodox wears, where they're just all black, but they kind of have a heel to them, so it looks like they could do like dancing with them, or like they look like tap shoes almost, you know? Or or <laughs> no, no, <laughs> they they like you, you David, shoes. you. David, you walk into a Payless shoe store and then they scan a barcode on your head and then they're like, okay. And then immediately they're like, um, oh, hello there, Mr. Eisenberg. And they're yeah. like, wait a minute. How are you How are you talking just a second ago? And just like nothing, nothing, nothing. There's, yeah, there's like, a, there's, like an elect, there's like an Alexa that changes her voice to cater to the different like Ancestry.com uh, genetic information that you have. Uh, yeah. who, who 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 needs some more art support? Yeah, yeah who needs yeah. some art support. <laughs> oh, hello there, David. How are you? Wait, what? What are you talking? Hey, stop that! <laughs> and then he scans another person. They're just like, "Oh, top of the morning to you." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what 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 I what Irish what 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 are Irish shoes? They're so, all they also have like a poof on them. They're like pointy and they're green. You know, probably I don't know. <laughs> so, so basically, the whole thing is that. This is going to finally allow Blackstone to be racist, as racist, openly yeah. racist as they want to be. They also own uh, things like uh, Hilton. Okay. So, which is exciting because all the hotel rooms are going to have your ancestry in, uh, in them, and not just in the used sheets. Then the they own a few things like United Biscuits. 
Which I just saw that. Oh my god! I was like, "What do you mean they own a thing called?" I'm on their Wikipedia. They're like, they they own. Oh, they own Orangina. Oh, I love Orangina. Oh my god! It really is. It's the same one. I love that shit. Oh my! It's. I thought I was like that must be some esoteric like you know holding firm or whatever. No, it's literally it's literally the the orange orange beverage. <laughs> yeah, the most delicious beverage that you find when you have to go to your mom's office. After school, yes, yes, and, yes. Uh, she's got a mini fridge, and there's like four diet cokes and like a half finished salad in still in the plastic bowl container, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and in the back is just like oh hell yeah, orangina, yeah. a sensible oh, ju- uh, carbonated fizzy juice soda hybrid. Yeah, what, what, what's wait, what's United Biscuits? I, I couldn't tell. <laughs> United, it's a food manufacturer. Um, Oh, they and... own cars of Carlisle. I like those biscuits. Those are nice. Oh, really? Yeah, you put some uh, nice uh, manchego on them. Maybe some, maybe a pepper jelly. But like, they're literally United Biscuits has a fantastic logo, by the way. But but like, they're they're a food thing. But they're from London, which means like in American speak, their name is literally United Cookies. Like that's so that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> Hello, we're United. We're yeah. United Biscuits. They also own, uh, because there was such a rivalry and disunity of biscuits before they showed up, uh, they own Legoland and Madame Tussauds. Oh, all, weird. All of the Madame Tussauds, which is pretty pretty freaking cool. Uh, they were gonna, they were considering taking over SeaWorld, but they didn't do that. Uh, anyways, you know, all, these, uh, all these companies uh, have your DNA now. <laughs> Our biggest yeah. assets is uh, Waxworks across the world and uh, Orcas. We don't call them killer whales anymore. <laughs> yeah, we're rebranding. Uh, also, United Biscuits, they own two big brands, McVitie's and Jacob's. And they have some absolutely delightful names. Hobnobs, Ginger Nuts, Wingding. <laughs> There's something they own. There's like a type of food where Scot- its name Scotch is Scotch-Irish. Just... Yeah. <laughs> Flipper Dipper. Go ahead with an exclamation point at the end. That's uh, Penguin. Man, these are... This is great. I love United Biscuits. This is great. I want to. I want to see the movie about the unification of all the biscuit companies. Yeah. So I feel yeah. like it. I feel like at one point it. It's got a scene almost like the end of Godfather, where uh, one scrappy and wily biscuit entrepreneur wipes out all of the other biscuit families. Yeah, yeah. we're wingding. <laughs> wing wingdings put a. Put a, a nose perma nostra or whatever on cheddars, you know, and then mini cheddars fights cheddars because mini cheddars is the son of Chet. I'm just oddities is another one. <laughs> twiglets, twiglets, that's a fun one. Water biscuits, that's for when you're in the pool, obviously. Who doesn't not- like a wet biscuit? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did it all for the biscuit. The biscuit. Uh, I'm not gonna stop you guys. Keep going on this. I want no. <laughs> <laughs> their logo. Their logo looks like an airline logo. By the way, yeah, it does look like an airline logo. Yeah, for, right out of like 1990. This is a really weird quote from the from the Reuters article about this. Blackstone is hoping that more consumers staying at home amid the coronavirus pandemic will turn to Ancestry.com for its services. What? That- I look. I can't go outside, so I'm just gonna get into amateur phrenology. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like I want to know. It's like uh, it, it's just like I want to know what my 
ethnic background is or my national background is because I want to know whether like I'm more susceptible to the disease. Like I'm worried that I have like some genetic mutation. Like it's just, I, I'm confused. I don't know. I don't trust it. Then there's this quote that says, we believe ancestry has significant runway for further growth as people of all ages and backgrounds become increasingly interested in learning more about their family histories and themselves. That's a senior manager at Blackstone. I just, I wish these fucking companies would have just stay in their lane. Like these people own, they own Freescale Semiconductors and Michaels, the craft company. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, it's, look, I, and, yeah, and Orangina, Nielsen Holdings. It's just like, just do one thing. Do one goddamn thing. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm uh, not allergic to pollen, but, uh, you know, 23andMe is not going to know that. They're not going to find out about that stuff. That They don't need to know. That's not on their need-to-know list, all right? But the FBI knows about it now, and so does private. So does uh, Blackstone, which is just exciting stuff. <laughs> I just like picturing in the background, like, some guy in the basement of the basement of Blackstone just looking at everybody's, like, DNA profile, like, just a weird incel guy just, like, <laughs> Fucking, you're allergic to pollen. <laughs> That's the best case scenario, by the way. There's is that just be, a creep? Yeah, there's got to be like some guy whose entire job is to come up with creative ways to exploit someone's genetic information. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. We know, buddy. We know that there's an 85 percent chance that anytime you taste cilantro, it's it's gonna taste like soapy water to you. Yuck. Mm-hmm. Yucko. That's yuck, why yuck yuck. That's why every time you enter a Hilton, we make sure <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that they don't have any Mexican food there because we know you don't like cilantro and cilantro is heavily featured in that. Like they they have to do something. I'm just trying to struggle like what is the most nefarious thing that they could do with your ge- genetic information if they could share this with all other Blackstone-owned affiliates? Um, they could probably, I mean, well, there's a reasonable chance that at some time they, they would acquire a medical firm and then they would get into the whole like, oh, wait a minute, you're predispos- you have a predisposition for Alzheimer's or something like that. Ergo, we will not cover you. <laughs> cover yeah. you. you know, that's like, I think that's the, the, the biggest one I can think of. Uh, um. Yeah, then, then, then they just have somebody who calls you up and they're just sort of like, uh, you're a Neanderthal. Ha, 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 you're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, have we have we have we milked that one for all it's worth, boys? I uh, think so. <laughs> all right. Um, so moving on, we're uh, the, the big news. Um, let's see. There was this came out for the, from the Times. The major U.S. health insurers report big profits benefiting from the pandemic. Uh, speaking of health insurance companies, uh, Woo! yeah, baby. Uh, so touchdown. They're seeing Anthem, <laughs> Anthem's net income soared to two point three billion dollars for the second quarter, from one point one billion in twenty nineteen. While United wow. Health got net earnings of six point seven billion dollars, compared to three point four billion dollars for the same three-month period last year. So during record unemployment, record shutdowns of small businesses. And rural uh, hospitals. uh, The the post office 
shrinking and besieged by Donald Trump. Uh, all of these sectors of our economy are collapsing, and yet private health insurance thriving. Thriving. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's Look, perfect. Thriving. <laughs> Look, put post in those dope-ass IG stories. <laughs> all, all pictures by the pool. All yeah. Lambos. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> nice white teeth. Uh, doing all the fitness apps. It's so, like... Yeah. It, it's like the celebrity who is, like, sending out, like, a video of them being like, we're here for you during coronavirus in, like, their mansion. You know, like, and you just see their Instagram stories. That's like the comparison. Uh, Hell yeah! If Anthem, uh, Humana, and United Health Group were people, they would be posting a Imagine uh, medley Ooh. of yeah, themselves yeah, singing. Dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they would. Yeah, dude. God, uh, it's uh, it's. What I, don't is, to, I, mean, I don't want to disparage that too much because I'm trying to be the next host of the Ellen DeGeneres show. So, <laughs> <laughs> what are they even? What are they fucking? profiting off are they profiting off of uh, people dying in hospitals are they profiting off of making coronavirus tests like what is it like i or i mean well, well one 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 thing definitely is that uh people were too freaked out to go to their doctor so Ooh, if yeah. you're not going to the doctor then uh they're not they're not paying anything they're not they're not covering anybody oh, going to the doctor right now. Oh, that's an interesting point. Yeah. Also, but people are also paying for tests. People are paying for mm -hmm. that like uh emergency room visits. People are paying like Oh yeah. Those oh, sorts yeah. of things are where they're I would imagine was where they're racking up big stuff. And also like if someone's getting fired and if that person or someone who gets laid off loses their job and that person is a high risk uh in person then they are going to be more expensive than they are worth to cover and so you lose those people you make more money in net because they're more of a liability than a, than an asset you know mhm mm mhm mm yeah for sure that's an, that's definitely an aspect of it also you probably have wait no that would cancel it out i was going to say like if everybody is losing their health insurance collectively, that means you have a bunch of people all going to the doctor at the same time being like, could you look at this? Could you look at my mole? I mean, like also like the Affordable Care Act, if you sign up to get on Obamacare or Cobra, that is just such a boon to these companies because they you have to basically pay at cost out of pocket directly to the health insurer. And it's not a pooled plan. It's like an individual plan, which means it's going to be more expensive. Um, mm -hmm. and they're making a fuck ton of money and they're basically just like the uncle who's like crashing at your house and is just like spending the entire time in the bathroom and no one else can use the bathroom they're just like cleansing themselves just like exfoliating <laughs> themselves just like luxuriating in the bathtub giving themselves like a back massage with the back massage machine while everyone else is like frantically knocking on the door that they have to pee and poop and stuff while the while the uncle who's just a freeloader and doesn't do anything is just taking up the entire bathroom. Uh, so so it's like so like all these health companies they're just like John Witherspoon from Friday and they're, he just like comes out and just like do not go in there. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched a, a serious man last night and I just remembered there's like the uncle in that movie who just like has a cyst and he just 
hours Ugh. at a time in the bathroom. And uh, oh. that, that's kind of what they remind me of because they don't really do anything, right? Like the, like the uncle is like working on his own project. Like a health insurer doesn't exactly provide a service other than the fact that they're just a middleman, right? So That's they, right. Yeah, there's no actual thing that they're doing. They're administering the like ex- inclusion and exclusion of someone's right to uh, to health insurance. Like there there's no real thing that they're doing. So they they're they're not so they're like an uncle. They don't help out. They're not they're unemployed in the house. They're not paying rent. They're not going to school. They're just sitting and being a louse. And in doing so, they're also totally profiteering. While everyone else is uh, not doing anything, I thought it was a very elegant metaphor. Thank you very much. <laughs> I thought it was very elegant. Thank I you. Thought thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I thought it was a very good, very well, good metaphor. It says that they were like under the um, Affordable Care Act. A lot of these, insur- they're supposed to have a cap on how much how much profit they can have before right. they have to give rebates to um, their members. Right. Right. Uh, but uh, they're not really giving the rebates yet. <laughs> so they're just hoarding all of this excess profit. Yeah. And and, and the rebates could take up yeah. to three years under the Affordable Care Act. So the Affordable Care Act basically is, it's one of the, the reason why it's like a thousand pages and one of the dumbest laws ever to happen is because there's just all these weird little like, minutia of regulation that's like controlling all of these huge multi-billion dollar companies uh one yeah. of them is under uh, insurers are required to use a fixed percentage of the money they take in from premiums for their customers medical expenses uh at least 80 cents for every dollar and 85 percent uh per dollar for large employers uh the 80 percent for dollars for small employers the remaining oh my god 20 percent is all they're allowed uh, under the Affordable Care Act, to, which means which means that this is like you have they have to define small and medium and large sized business under the Affordable Care Act, and it's a different definition. So like all this is all going to lawyers, all the like lawyers making so much money on this stuff. The remaining fifteen to twenty percent is all they're allowed under the Affordable Care Act to spend on administrative costs, like overhead and marketing, and to keep as profit. Any additional revenues are to be returned to customers as a rebate. Insurers are currently spending a far lower portion of premium revenues on their customers' healthcare costs. CVS, uh, which owns Aetna, is, says its medical-to-benefits ratio is 70% for the quarter, compared to 84% in the same period of 2019. They're just running away with the money. This is so fuck. I, what is this rebate shit? What is this, like, what? Am I buying a printer? at CVS and then mailing in a weird coupon that I had to print out on the printer so I can get $50 back. <laughs> like what, what is this? This is the stupidest shit ever. It's so complicated. Hold on. Wait, Danny, let me, let me uh, sweeten that for you. Let's yeah, sweeten yeah. that um, with yep. this. The rebate might arrive in three years <laughs> yeah. after we've calculated exactly how much of a, an excess in profit there was. And guess what? If you uh, have started a small business in an opportunity zone, and you gr- and you are on a Pell Grant, yeah. and you could be have a reduced college tuition forgiveness program uh, accelerated with lower interest rates, uh, I mean, it, it, it's one of the just absolutely perfect policy plans. I mean, it's just 
It's the thing that all the kids want. It's mm-hmm. exactly yeah, on, on like when people were imagining when you're like in preschool and you're like, what does a doctor do? And you're like, a doctor imagines how to spend health insurance profits between 80% if you're a small business and 85% if you're a large company and rebate it out if you go over that amount. And that's what a doctor does. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it's the platonic ideal of health insurance. Yeah, they. I don't know. These people, they always just like to scare everybody. And it's like, oh, no, if we try to cover everybody, you know, it, it, all those people at the t- who are sick all the time, you know, they're just going to cost all the money. And it's like they're not technically wrong. You know, the people there is like a s- group of people who go to the doctor much more frequently who end up costing a substantial amount more than everybody else. But everybody always just forgets about all of your like dipshit friends who can literally be holding a stick of dynamite and it explodes in their hand. And then they're just like, they just look like Wiley Coyote at the end where they just have like a soot covering and and they're just like, what's going on dudes? You know, like it's not, ah, I fucking hate it. I hate it so fucking much. I just, well, I think it's just amazing about the health insurance industry is just how, removed it is from the idea of what you expect it is in reality like when you're a child and you imagine what a lawyer does you think of law and order but in reality most lawyers are uh corporate lawyers and do complete just like the most banal boring stuff or they're like dui lawyers maybe right uh if you're lucky and you want to see some action but like there's no and the same thing with like health insurance and there's just so many industries because of like this neoliberal capitalism where you there the job itself doesn't exist anymore it's been Mm -hmm. uh enhanced and obfuscated and kind of capitalized for lack of a better term into something that is just you spend all this time calculating profits and distributing rebates over the course of a three-year period under the terms of the affordable care act if you are a small business like it's it, there's not it sounds stupid but there's not simple jobs anymore because yeah and while this is happening uh we're seeing this disconnect between these insurance companies making these skyrocketing profits and um on a all of these small hospitals and small medical practices struggling to stay open at the exact same time yeah during a yeah. pandemic right Right. Got, so, I, like on the ground, the doctors on the ground are struggling to stay open. You know, for a but, long time, I really thought that, like, it, the reason why people for, opposed the Affordable Care Act is because Obama was black and, like, there was just, like, an implicit racism thing. But, like, and I, I wrote, like, a McSweeney's piece about it and whatever. But, like, I, I, I it's really a bad law. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not good. Like, it's not a good law. Also, like it really did raise people's premiums. It didn't rein in the health insurance industry. It was a huge boon to the health insurance industry. And it's just kind of like further capitalizing this process and speeding up the decline of these rural hospitals, small medical providers, because it is still fundamentally tied to the profit motive. Dude, uh, Obama's going to go down in history as, like, one of the bleakest presidents that we had. Just, like, looking at this where, you know, historians are going to look at 2009 and be like, wait, you made a million clauses for the for the 
people making money off of this? <laughs> like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, anyways, I'm I'm feeling good. Hey, you know what? <laughs> hey, you know what? They all get they all get this in the end. That's right. Dude, what? You just busted out a Hudson burner? <laughs> I got a soldering. I got a soldering torch. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, you gotta you gotta explain that analogy. That was ridiculous. I just wanted to. I wanted to throw something fun into the wild card. Wild card. <laughs> hey, hey, <laughs> hey! You're gonna get. Yeah, you're gonna get the soldering iron. Uh, yeah. Well, that so- just reminded me of like the documentaries I watched coming out of Wuhan in uh january and early february i guess where the uh dudes in chinese doctors in hazmat suits were just welding shut the doors to apartments with people who had coronavirus yeah yeah uh, they're like (laughs) i mean i was fine with that i was like dude if we'd done that if we'd done that uh march march 10th yeah it would be we'd all be in florida right now uh Mm -hmm. just chilling on the beaches of miami Playing volleyball, the three of us. Ponzi scream vacation. I love. Oh God, I love playing volleyball with my boys. Dude, we could all be in Sturgis right now, covering the Harley Davidson uh, motorcycle convention. (laughs) We could be at the rally. No, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders with an arc welder. Like I am once again welding your front door shut. Dude, the the pr- if we if we'd done that, Bernie would still be there. Would still be he might have won the primary. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really it's but very. Ugh. Instead, we kept the airlines flying because we have this like our illusion of our positive freedom, or whatever our form of freedom that we have, which is like mm-hmm. freedom from uh, yeah. any any collective uh, responsibility. Made it so that you know. We're all just stuck in this dirty kiddie pool filled with coronavirus. Dude, we're we're like the, I don't know if I don't know if you guys had this experience, but in my early twenties, whenever I would go to like a house party in the summer, there would always be like this is like two thousand and ten. So you had you you know, this is the peak of like cut off cut off shorts and jeans and shit like that, and people looking like garbage in Portland, Oregon. And there would always be a kiddie pool that somebody had like sort of filled up with hose water. And then there was always yeah. just two people just sitting in it, drinking, ha- having already drank like seven paps with their just mm-hmm. like their feet with their feet in the water and just like, <laughs> <laughs> ah, this is fun. And it's like, ugh, it's the grossest water I've ever seen. And that's what our, and that's what the United States is right now. We're just we're just two, two people just like, yeah, come in. The water's lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that the, yeah, I don't know. It, I I didn't have anything to say. This sucks. <laughs> I, <laughs> it's it's hard it's hard for me to think of sometimes something to say when we do a story about just such horrible systemic greed and corruption and like incompetence. I sometimes am I I think you guys are better Maybe it just finding a I can't I so I just give up I can't do it. <laughs> well, you I'm know what? So mad or something. <laughs> uh, well, let, let, let's let's turn our eyes to uh, maybe somewhere else in the world since the U.S. is such a little a little bleak cesspool. There we why don't go. we Why don't we uh, Why don't we take a little trip, guys? A little yeah. a little summer abroad, 
Maybe to the uh, Paris of the Middle East. AKA. Oh. <laughs> oh no, Beirut! What happened? Oh no! What happened? No. Uh, it was it was sad uh, for what everyone realizes. Like the thing that happened, there was an initial fire, the explosion that happened afterwards in Beirut. In addition to all the other, like you know mounting economic and political problems that the country has had. There was an explosion uh, that was caused by 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate stored in a port warehouse, which is a uh, ammonium nitrate is a chemical used in both agriculture and construction. And basically, uh, it was also used, but it was also used in the Oklahoma City bombing in 1995. By, By everyone's favorite Iraq War veteran, Timothy McVeigh, dude. Timothy I was, I was gonna say when you said ammonium nitrate, I was like, wait, you mean fertilizer? Like, <laughs> that, that, oh yeah, that's buddy. What, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, tons of it, like yeah, uh, like hundreds of times more than what they used in the Oklahoma City bombing. Way and if more. you've yeah. seen, if you've seen the images, it looks like it's like straight out of Akira. Like, it, yeah. it's <laughs> devastating the way said, that it uh, demolishes the city. They said that it was the third largest explosion in world history after the Whoa. two atom bombs. That went really? Out the urban area. Yeah, yeah. It was the third largest wow. explosion in human history that affected, like, an urban area. Sorry. Oh, okay. There okay. Other okay. bomb tests, you know, like, and there were H-bomb tests and stuff like that. But the third, the, uh, the yeah. So the only, the only times that a, a, an urban populace has been affected by something this big was uh, the two atom bombs. Uh, so this was what is interesting about it uh, beyond just a lot of a, a lot of things is how it got there. This cargo vessel, the MV Rosas, owned by a Russian regi- Russian registered company registered to Bulgaria and it has a flag to Moldova. It sets <laughs> sail from Georgia and it was going to Mozambique. It carried what a- what what is the what are these listing of countries these are all like <laughs> bond villain countries yeah. Oh, yeah oh yeah yeah bulgaria is only brought up when you're discussing international like terrorism or yeah bond villains yeah you're exactly right yeah the guy is literally he the the president's legally required to be petting a white persian cat at all times just right <laughs> and whenever white people are going to mozambique you know something bad's happening Oh there's, no 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 yeah bad n- stuff of bruise. <laughs> you know, like like Mozambique, I'm sure on its own is fine, but whenever a white person goes there, that's that's uh, that's a, a third plot in a, in a a B Bond movie. So the vessel is operated by eight Ukrainians and two Russian crew members. They uh, came on board not knowing that the previous crew had left the ship in protest at non-payment of their wages. When the Rosas, solidarity. <laughs> yeah, when the Rosas was forced uh, to by its owner to make an additional stop in Beirut to pick up more cargo, Lebanese officials impounded the ship for breaching the International Maritime Organization's <laughs> standards and failing to pay charges, including port fees. So, per international maritime law, which is something we talk about frequently on Ponzi Scream, ships can be arrested if they do not have the necessary paperwork or are considered unsafe or environmentally hazardous, or as a holding security payment on a debt owed. So they can just be held for a lot of different reasons, and, it, and this one was held in Beirut. Mm. The guy didn't have the money, 
okay? Uh, he began bankruptcy proceedings and effectively abandoned the ship and its crew. The <laughs> no! <laughs> co-signees, the Mozambican co-signees of the ammonium nitrate also forsook the cargo. They abandoned it. This happens all the time, apparently. And it's often a way to avoid paying the crew wages that they are owed. So often, in fact, that the International Labor Organization maintains an abandoned seafarers database. Sometimes it's uh, the ship's cargoes auctioned off to pay creditors or the crew's unpaid wages or cleanup and disposal costs. This happens all the time. All wow. the time. Uh, you know what? You call, color me color me stupid because uh, I did not know Lebanon was against an ocean. <laughs> and I am looking at a Google Maps thing right now, and yep, they would definitely get a lot of ships coming in there so for Danny, sure. <laughs> Danny, the first rule of maritime law is that it really helps to be in a port that is near the ocean. <laughs> near the ocean, yeah. If you're you going to be in a port, it should be near yeah. water. A water There's not port. The, there's not the Nebraska maritime law. <laughs> nope. And I always, I always thought the captain was supposed to go down with the ship. You know, that's one of those things you learn as a little kid. And now I'm learning that right. the captain should do like a, it's he's more like a Donald Trump like figure who, mm -hmm. once you're uh, 85 percent done with construction uh, on a building, you just uh, threaten to deport all of your um, your construction workers, and you yep. just. Su sue, sue me for lost wages. Who cares? Yeah, you get can it just... tied up in the courts. Yeah, the, ti the movie, the movie Titanic was actually a form of uh, copaganda. <laughs> he did not go down with his. Sh that does not happen. We should. You should not be honoring these men who just abandoned their workers with in with increasing regularity. And so, what happened in Lebanon was no one wanted to. The resale of the cargo did not happen, and. The authorities at the time refused to allow four of the seafarers off the ship without a replacement crew. Uh, the captain and the remaining crew were left aboard the ship, still carrying its explexplosive cargo for almost a year with, no, wa no. with no wages, <laughs> with no wages, no access to electronic communications, and dwindling food and fuel provisions. In effect, the crew of the Rosas were hostages in the negotiation between Lebanese port authorities who did not want to assume the responsibility of the ship's dangerous cargo and the ship owner. And then finally, in August 2014, a Lebanese judge ordered the seafarer's release. And the 2,750-ton cargo of ammonium nitrate was subsequently moved from the vessel to a warehouse in the port of Beirut. And that's how it got there. Oh, my God. That is so confounding. No one, and, and no, they could never get it sold. So it just sat there. And people just forgot about it over time. So they just move. it's like moving a nuke. <laughs> yeah. It's like moving a dirty yeah. bomb and parking it in a active harbor because mm -hmm. whose responsibility is it? It's tied up in legal bureaucratic red tape uh and it's all yeah but with no what it's is like it it's like a <laughs> it was like a pass the potato what's that hot potato you guys ever play that hot game hot potato yeah 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 it was like playing hot potato uh but with uh, a nuclear grade amount of fertilizer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah 
cool. Just just the yeah, also, I mean, the other thing that, you know, I mean, maybe it's a foreshadowing, but like the the one of the weirdest things about that thing blowing up is um how there was several examples of people who were just able to capture it on video by pure chance. <laughs> Like, you know, when 9-11 happened, there was only, like, one actual video of, like, the second plane going into the towers. But this one, there was just sort of, like, there was, like, many, many, many viewpoints <laughs> of people just, like, hey, how's it going? Wait, well, yeah. because Boom! The, well, <laughs> well, there was a first fire that happened at the port, and then the first <clears throat> fire caused the explosion. So everyone's probably taking videos, like, oh, there's that fire going on at the port. This is crazy. But then, like... And then it caused this second explosion. So that's probably, um, probably and uh, and it, it's we're twenty years later, and technology's gotten better. I think it's just the advent of smartphones everywhere. You know, people of are co- able of to, course, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but uh, Lebanon had a revolution uh, last year, and they oh. imposed a technocratic government. That was supposed to clean all this stuff up because it was comprised of experts. Nothing. And uh, experts. <laughs> Love experts. Uh, killed. Yeah. Looks like it killed more than 200 people. And it uh, looks like the BBC is saying that the Lebanese government is reportedly about to resign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tight. Yeah. The prime minister stepped down. Uh, and. It, it it the whole thing is just like one of the most colossal just forms of just the, one of the worst governing administrations you've ever seen. I've never mm-hmm. I've never seen something where they fuck up the the political structure, they fuck up the economy with hyperinflation through this like weird technocratic uh, you know uh thing that they tried and it totally messed up and with these currency reserves uh I, I was I was listening to something about that. And now this happens, and it's just one of the most devastating, uh, just bungles that you could imagine. It's like if Pete Buttigieg was like doing a marathon, and he just like fell on his face and broke his neck in the starting, in like the starting point. You know, just what what you have to understand is I'm I'm here to trip over my own dick. Yeah, and uh, just, I'm gonna. Yeah. Well. Uh, y- I mean, David, before we started recording, you you asked me, like, who I thought was going to be the vice presidential candidate and uh, Biden's rather. And it's like uh, if every day like Lebanon, uh, just thinking about comparing Lebanon to the United States right now, it's like um, Lebanon was going through this intense uh, issue with its economy already this uh, crisis of faith within its own government uh, and also dealing with the coronavirus and this other devastating thing knocks them off when they're already disoriented. Who I have no idea how to predict anything that's going to be happening in the U.S. because every day some crazy thing like this could happen. Which makes me think that it's going to be Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because, that is as good a guess as any. Yeah, because I, I could see it being Mayor Pete and then Joe being like, come on, he's he's gay. That's that's a that's, you know, come on, <laughs> come, come on, Jack. Come on. Yeah, come on, man. Come yeah. on, man. Close that's enough, a- man. <laughs> Look, don't you know how progressive I am? We didn't used to let these guys in the swimming pool. Yeah. 
Hey, come on, come on, man. Look at him over there. He got that, he got that strong, strong jawline. Come on, come on, dude. What are we gonna do here? Let, let him in the pool. He's got a, a towel. He's a I'm corn pop and he's a fairy. It's a corn pop. It, we're, we're a cereal brand. We're just cereal. That just just please vote for us. Uh, I want to mention so, one more thing on the Lebanon story, which is this yeah. thing called flags of convenience, uh, which is another thing that we kind of talked about with it, 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 tax it, havens. It, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it kind of goes mm-hmm. back to the tax haven thing. So a flag of convenience is essentially an offshoring tool intended to protect capital. It allows unsafe ships to sail with crews who are vulnerable uh, to the depredations of unscrupulous employers. So basically, if you have, if your country has maritime laws uh, that are very scrupulous and very stringent and very worker protective, then a, uh, a ship is just going to have a flag fly on their ship to be something else, they're just going to have it be the lowest common denominator, the worst, cheapest mm-hmm. uh, uh, flag that they can, so that way they can avoid having to deal with your regulations, your stringent regulations. And David, this is the case with uh, most cruise ship lines. Correct. That, Correct. Uh, that operate out of the United States but don't fly under a U.S. flag, so they don't have to deal with our labor laws. Oh my God! Yeah, so apparently yeah. a very common flag of convenience countries are like Panama, Liberia, Honduras. It, it's all. I mean, it, it's just like the exact same thing. The convenience in flags of convenience, according to essayist uh, John McPhee, is that taxes could be avoided, insurance could be to a considerable considerable extent ignored, and wages attractive to ship owners could be paid to merchant sailors drawn from any part of the world. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing. Um, I like I think with, like with with Gabe was saying, it's like you get a lot of flags of convenience being uh, put on cruise ships, and because they're cruise ships, you know they try to be a little bit more like f- forward facing, like oh we're we're a cruise, whatever, and they'll choose a country that's like what whatever some Caribbean country where you know you'll have some less than. Uh, scrupulous tax laws or whatever but then you get into these international shipping things and they're just like nah we're not even going to put a saint kitts flag on here we're putting honduras yeah we're but we're we don't give a shit this is clearly a race to the bottom <laughs> it's really amazing uh to to kind of see this it, it, it I, I i here's my policy proposal we end we just end the entire concept of incorporation or the flag that you're flying, or any of that sort of stuff, the only, you have to abide by the laws where you have your, like, main business. Where your headquarters is, is where is the laws you have to abide by. And there are, like, ways under the law where you can define what a headquarters is. There's, like, a whole thing to figure that out. Or you can do it where the where you have, the where you do the majority of your business. That's the laws you have to uh be held to you you just we just got to get rid of this incorporation stuff it, there's no it, there's no actual use for it this is like a this is like the health insurance industry there's no actual social function that an incorporation or a flag of convenience actually does we got to have uh we got to have beer pong laws you know what i'm talking about you know you go to a frat and you go to play 
uh, some 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 beer pong, and you're like, oh, okay, so in my frat, we bounce the ball twice to get into the cup full of disgusting flat beer, and then the guy at this frat house is just sort of like, no, 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 you don't understand. You're in my domain now, so you got to make sure that you bounce the ball once, and then you chug the chug the beer. That's I, what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I actually the f- fly the flag of Liberia, so it's uh, three times for me and once for you. So go fuck yeah. yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I fly I fly the flag of of um of Barbados, so all of the red solo cups are actually filled with vodka. We're gonna get fucking party. We're gonna yeah. party tonight. Your fl- <laughs> you, no no your solo cups are filled with vodka. Mine are filled with Red Bull. Yeah so yeah I'm yeah. Gonna be- <laughs> Or with Adderall, so I'm gonna just win. I'm gonna ah! <laughs> really? <laughs> just a cup of solo, dude. Just get that's like an Eric Andre sketch. Just going to a party <laughs> with a solo cup. You're like, "What's up, dudes?" And it's just filled with pills. You're like, <laughs> uh, anyway, anyways, that's flags of convenience. It's just a red cup filled with Adderall. Uh, <laughs> that's all you need to know, folks. That's the uh, that's the whole definition of what a flag of convenience is. Uh, did we learn something today about this stuff? The International Maritime Organization, maritime law, pirate law. I think, I think so. I think it. I think it is uh, indicative, where, of just like how these major tragedies. I mean, they get caught up in the white collar just as easily. Where it's like, yeah, this wasn't. This was just. This wasn't like a terrorist attack. This wasn't like some nefarious thing like that we know of yet it was just like some you know people who didn't you know, it, it, it was how, did, how would you describe it david it was just a bunch of like you know non-filled out paperwork and like technicalities well it's one of those things where it's like it's no one's in like direct fault but it's a fault of it reveals a huge flaw in the system right? yeah yeah like there's a lot of I don't know. There's other examples where you could think of this thing happening. Well, this wasn't the free market uh, clearly regulating itself and being the best possible system. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Uh, you got so, it, Gabe. You got it. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh, that's a tragedy. That's a horrible mistake of things. But it's like, well, it's also like this. The entire system was built up such that liability will always will never really fall on the ship owner. And it's mm-hmm. basically always going to fall on the nation, and the nation doesn't if they don't really have the ability or the infrastructure to handle nuclear grade fertilizer, then it's just going to sit there and it's going to be a huge liability, and no one's ever going to get rid of it, and the corporation's going to have like no liability. So if there's a lawsuit that comes out of this, is this firm Rosas MV Rosas, are they going to? pay the government of Lebanon for the damages for this? My guess, I mean, they should, but my guess is that they will get away with it. Right. Yeah. Or can we at least behead the captain of the ship that abandoned uh, the, uh, <laughs> the pile of fertilizer and his sailors to be quarantined on the ship for a year? I think the Eating Lebanese nothing people but dried deserve. goods? Yeah, right? I think the Lebanese people deserve to have like a public mutiny witness yeah. in like downtown beirut or something like that i would yeah. find satisfaction in that white collar crime band it's not always it's not always 
living in fucking, you know, Missouri and buying a boat. Sometimes it's leaving, buying a huge air, a uh, giant boat and then leaving it for five years and then a giant explosion happens. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Yeah, white yeah. collar crime. It's kind of sometimes blue collar. It's sometimes, it's always a boat. Is that it's always a boat. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe is just shaking his head, really upset by it. But he's so upset that I, that I said. We just, we just gotta keep, keep going. Stretch it out, guys. Stretch it out. All right, all right. All he's right. getting ants well, in the pants. Um, uh, anyway, that's good. So, though. so, how are you guys today? Are you guys good? <laughs> I'm feeling great, man. I think we got a lot out of this episode. We uh, learned about our DNA, our ancestry. Uh, to recap, uh, insurance companies are doing fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout outs to Anthem. Keep making that cream. And um, <laughs> please. And what? And sex be a yeah. back in three to five years. And uh, shout outs to the uh, the intricacies and nuances of maritime law. Um, hopefully, one day I'll get to work for the for the great imperial fleet of Bulgaria, um, yeah. whose main office <laughs> located in uh, New Jersey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, East Street. Uh all right. Well, uh that that's been Ponty's cream. Uh bye guys. Ciao. Right. Get out of here. Get out of here. Yeah. Bye friends. <laughs>